kids, Susan here with our Word of the Week. We're celebrating Black History Month here on the podcast, and today we're going to learn more about a man named Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron was a baseball player, and when he first started playing baseball, it was when black men were just starting to play in the same league as white men. And there were a lot of people who were prejudiced against black athletes and didn't want them to play in the same league as white athletes. So let's read about Hank Aaron and the challenges he faced. This book is called Hank Aaron, Brave in Every Way, and it's written by Peter Goldenbach and illustrated by Paul Lee. From the moment Hank Aaron was born, on February 5, 1934, his father, Herbert, wanted him to know the joy of playing baseball in open, grassy fields, and his mother, Estella, dreamed that one day he would make a difference in the world. It was the time of the Great Depression, and like millions of others, Herbert Aaron had great difficulty finding work. He had saved enough to buy some open country land just outside Mobile, Alabama, but he didn't have the money to buy a house or even the wood to build one. Hank was eight before his dad was finally able to build a small home for his family with the used boards from a torn down house. The new house had no lights and no window panes. It had no bathroom, it had no refrigerator, but inside the Aaron house, there was plenty of love. And nearby in a pecan grove was an open field for playing ball. Hank loved living in the country, and he loved playing ball. There were days in school when Hank could think of nothing else. He would stare out the window, wishing he were on the ball field. But his mama had her heart set on Hank going to college. Hank, try to be the best, she would say. Set your goals for yourself, and don't let anyone stop you from achieving them. Hank's goal was to be a major league ball player. Though his father didn't want to discourage Hank, he wanted him to be realistic. There aren't any colored players in the major leagues, he reminded Hank. It was true. Blacks were prohibited from playing in the major leagues. But that didn't stop Hank from dreaming. And America was beginning to change. The year Hank turned 13, Jackie Robinson joined the Brooklyn Dodgers. Major League Baseball had its first black player, and Robinson quickly became a star. So Hank studied, but he also played, and he was good. So good that when he had turned just 16, he was offered $10 a game to play shortstop for a local team called the Black Bears. Hank was afraid his mama wouldn't let him play. The Black Bears players were grown men. And worse still, the team played on Sundays, the holy day of rest. He was sure his mama would object. But Hank wanted to play with the black bears more than anything, so he put his fears away and asked for permission. To his surprise, his mama came up with a compromise. He had to stay in school during the week and get his diploma. And she wouldn't let him travel with the team or be paid on Sunday, but he could play in every home game. During his first year with the Black Bears, Hank displayed his extraordinary talents. He hit for a high average, was fleet on the bases, 
fielded well, and showed a strong throwing arm. He even hit some home runs. After a second season with the Black Bears, Hank was offered a job playing far from home for a professional team called the Indianapolis Clowns. Hank's mama didn't understand how becoming a baseball player could help her son make a difference in the world, but she had faith in Hank, and she saw that he loved the game. So Estella made Hank a couple of sandwiches and stuffed $2 into his pocket. Too upset to go to the train station to see him off, she stood in the yard crying as Hank left. Your dad and I will be thinking of you always, she told him. Be strong, son. Hank Aaron was strong, and he soon impressed everyone with his talent. Wherever he played, Hank became a star. Then, in 1954, Hank joined the Milwaukee Braves. He had done what he had dreamed of. He had made the major leagues. Hank soon established himself as one of the leading home run hitters in the game. In 1956, he became the second youngest player ever to win a National League batting title. In 1957 and 58, his powerful hitting led the Braves to league championships. Hank remembered his father's determination and his mama's advice. Be the best you can be and keep your eyes on the goal. He became hungrier to excel. He decided to try to break the career home run record of Babe Ruth baseball's most beloved hero. When the Braves moved from Milwaukee to Atlanta, Georgia in 1966, it helped Hank. He found it easy to hit home runs in the cozy Atlanta stadium, and he was happy to be close to home. But some people resented Hank's success because of the color of his skin. He began to get one or two unsigned letters each week filled with insults and nasty names. By the end of 1972, Hank was only 41 home runs shy of the Mighty Babes' 714 runs. The most revered record in all of American sports. Hank was excited, but he was getting more and more angry letters claiming that a black man should not be challenging the record of a white man. Hank decided to fight the best way he could. He swore that each angry letter would add a home run to his record. When the new season started in 1973, Babe Ruth's sacred record lay ahead. The hate mail now arrived in torrents. Hank even got death threats. But Hank Aaron refused to allow anyone or anything to stop him. And something remarkable happened that spring the nation's newspapers began running stories telling about the hate mail. And a chorus of well-wishers wrote Hank almost a million letters to offer him support. Throughout his life, Hank had had the support of his mother and father, but now a whole country of fans cheered for him. Hank finished the 73 season with 713 home runs just one behind Babe Ruth. In Atlanta, on the final day of the season, the appreciative fans rose and gave him a five-minute standing ovation. Hank's next season began on the road in Cincinnati. The entire nation was watching. In the very first game, Hank hit home run number 714 off of pitcher Jack Billingham. 
He was tied with the babe. From now on, every home run would set a new record. When the Braves returned to Atlanta, the governor of the state of Georgia and the mayor of Atlanta were in the stands to watch Hank. So were Hank's mother and father. They had been his inspiration. They had taught him well. Hank was happy to know they were there. In the fourth inning, two outs, a runner was on first. Hank watched as Dodger pitcher Al Downing threw a pitch low and down the middle, and Hank swung. The ball rocketed just over the head of the shortstop. It kept rising and rising until it sailed over the top of the high wall in left field and landed in the Braves' bullpen for home run number 715. Lights flashed and fans cheered. Estella Aaron felt fear as well as joy because she remembered the hate mail and the death threats. What if someone tried to stop Hank from reaching home plate? As Hank passed second base, a couple of fans raced out of the stands to congratulate him. As he rounded third and headed for home, the entire Braves team rushed out to home plate to greet him. As he trotted toward home, his teammates parted for awaiting Estella Aaron. When Hank touched the plate, his mama threw her arms around her boy. Hank was surprised his mama was hugging him so hard. When she was sure he was safe, she finally let go. On this glorious day before an entire nation, her son Hank had fulfilled his dreams. That night, when he was alone at last, Hank got down on his knees, closed his eyes, and thanked God for pulling him through. The End it was so brave of Hank to continue to play even when other people tried to intimidate him and make him feel like he didn't belong. Even in sports, we see the need for fairness and equality, and we have a lot of brave people that are making a difference for the better. All right, now let's sing again the song we sang last week, an African-American spiritual, Every Time I Feel the Spirit.
And now it's time for our silly send-off. What do you call a cold dog? A chili dog. <laughs> All right, friends, have a great week. And always remember, nothing, absolutely nothing can separate you from God's love.